0: I don't want to keep you guys long, and I've got a ton of stuff to say, but I'm going to try to make this just an introduction. I'm going to try really hard to make this just an introduction. All right. Um, Father, we pray right now for, for your direction in the service, Father, that as, as we get into your word, I just pray that you will just reveal yourself through it. Um, Father, speak to our hearts um, and renew our minds today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm starting in Galatians, and if, if you've read Galatians, it's hard to just start in Galatians. It's a great book. Um, but I want to give an introduction, yes, see, I want to give an introduction to Galatians for those of you that, that haven't been through Galatians and understand kind of what's going on here. I want to explain to you, because um, I don't know that I'll go all the way through it, but I kind of got caught up in it, <laughs> so we may get all, we may go all the way through it, I don't know. But I want to give you an introduction of what's going on, um, at least what I'm going to preach about next week. Um, and the introduction is kind of who the Galatians are and who Paul was, okay? Um, if you can imagine... Uh, Las Vegas and like Mardi Gras and like anything kind of wild and partying and everything goes. This was Galatia. This was the place they lived. These were Gentiles. These were non-Jews. Um, they were wild. They were barbarians. Um, they worshipped idols. They were they were just wild. They were very wild people. Um, this was their culture that they were from. Um, and so when when Paul came, and I'll give you a little bit of background about Paul. When Paul came to them. Um, he came to them preaching Christ, okay? Now, they didn't, they didn't have all the, the, the background of Judaism and all the, the laws and the things like that. So this is where Paul comes from. Now, I'm going to back up. I'm going to start there, but I'm going to back up and talk about Paul. Paul was uh, Saul of Tarsus. Saul, and, and most of you probably know, was a persecutor of Christians. He was basically a mass murderer and a terrorist. He chased down and killed Christians. That's what he did he was trying to literally snuff them out, the scripture tells us. He was trying to kill them all. He thought it was wrong. He thought um, that, that, that it was just a movement, and he wanted, to, he wanted to snuff it out. And he was a very, very bad person. Okay? Does everybody get that? Um, this was Saul of Tarsus. Now, obviously, he had a, the road to Damascus experience. Um, Christ met him right where he was, changed his life radically, and he was a new person named Paul. Okay? Now, Paul goes into Galatia with Christ. Not with the teachings of Moses or the Ten Commandments or the whole, the old Mosaic Law. He came to them preaching Christ and Christ alone and faith in Him and grace and the good news, okay? Now, it doesn't seem like it in this book because he's coming to them frustrated. Why do you think he's frustrated? Because someone came in there and started teaching them something else, started to try to um, tell them, well, this Christ is good, but you still need to do some of this. Um, some of the Judaism, you still need to be circumcised. You still need to do this stuff. Someone kind of poisoned the system and tried to tried to work in a little bit of law in there. And so he's coming to him frustrated because he's saying, "Look, I came to you with the truth, and then you've you've, you've been deceived." And so he's a little frustrated when he goes into this. Now, I love and and a lot of times I breeze through the greeting in the beginning, but there's so much here um, in Galatians one one, and uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to trying to figure out the best way. We're going to get a program on the computer so we can throw up different versions up here. Because I apologize. I know I go through and I'll quote a few different scriptures and I'll quote different versions. And I know some of you guys have, have expressed to me the frustration it's hard to keep up if you have one Bible. I'm spoiled to several versions because what I do is I'll find them and then I'll go, okay, what does this mean? And then I'll look them up in the original and then I'll look through the versions to see which one fits the, the, the original thought there. And it's funny, there's so many different ones that will do that. Even uh, Eugene Peterson's Message Bible is so powerful. Um, but I'm trying to stick with one here. I'm going to stick with Holman today. Uh, but we're going to try to get a program that'll help with some of that. Um, or I'll just get one Bible and tough through it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult once you've seen it all to kind of go back just to one. Um, but this is Holman, uh, Galatians 1 1. It says, Paul, an apostle, not from men or by men, or by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of God our Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, the key thing is everyone knows who Paul is. They know his history. He, he He's the... the the Jew of Jews. He's the Pharisee of Pharisees. His resume was long in Judaism. He was the best of the best in the law. He knew it very well. It's so much He was so zealous for it that he was out um, killing Christians because of it. So everybody knows who this guy is. But he says right here, not from men or by man, but by Jesus Christ and the God of the Father. Now this is important that he says that, that it's not by man. Because what we do is, we and things that we've talked about in here, I don't need to convince you of truth. We discover truth. We discover the truth about who we are. We discover the truth about Christ. And that's revelation to us and it rises up in us and it resonates with us. In the same way, Paul had a radical experience with Jesus Christ. Not a theology, not a teaching system, not a law. He had a radical experience with a person. Okay? Same radical experience we have when we come to salvation is the Holy Spirit, which is a person. Okay? This is a personal thing that happened. So what he's saying here is expresses in look, and he even says later on, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he says later on, um, I didn't even go seek wise counsel. I didn't, for three years, I didn't seek any counsel, and then three years, he meets with other people that are hearing the same thing. This is interesting because some of the things that I've been saying, it's so weird, and it's nothing great about me, but it's the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, uh, several, several Sundays ago, um, I felt in worship, God was saying, um, he is, God's better. He is better. He's better than we thought. Do you remember that? You guys remember that? How about I just saw Bill Johnson just wrote a book that's called uh, He's Better Than You Think. I mean, I, and then three different pastors that I listen to, one's in Oklahoma, one's um, in uh, somewhere up, up north, uh, and then the other one is in Texas. And all three of those pastors, I listen to sermons that, they, that they're doing like recently, and all three of them are hearing the same thing. And as far as I know, they don't know each other, and they're different denominations and different things. Um, and, they're, and they're here in the center. This, that's what the Holy Spirit does, is it, it quickens in you. Um, we've talked about in here. Mark used to talk about You have a piano on one side of the building, a piano on the other. You strike a chord, and it resonates on the other piano. Because the Holy Spirit in you recognizes that truth, and it resonates. You go, okay, that's truth. This is what Paul's saying here. I discovered the truth. I didn't discover a new way, a different way. I discovered the way. This is truth. And he's saying, don't think that this is just a new version of the Old Covenant There is no Old Covenant anymore. It's just Christ. It's just Jesus. It's just grace. It's just good news. And so he's pushing this. He's pressing it. This is what I've been saying about grace. Grace is not dormant. Grace doesn't come and lay down and say, okay, you guys do whatever you want now. That's not grace. Grace is Christ living in us. Grace is saying, like our heart, we've talked about our heart, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. We've got into even the anatomy of it gives us life, it pumps blood, Right? Nonstop. It even has its own like brain electrical system. You can be brain dead, and your heart says, boom boom, 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 right. Life, 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 love, 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 love. Where does Christ come to live? In your brain? Your heart. We've been deceived for years. this is so frustrating to me We've been told and I don't know how, how many of you guys have been told that our heart is where our emotions are, and our brain is logic. Have you guys heard that thought? You're, you're emotional. This is your heart, or you're emotional. But you need to have logic, and you need to balance these two out. That's what I grew up kind of understanding and hearing. We need to follow our heart. Well, we need to be logical. But if you look at it through Christ, it's different. We live from our heart to our mind. Why do you think the Bible says set your mind so many times and renew your mind so many times? It's because we're aligning our mind with what's going on in our heart. The problem is we go around trying to figure everything out here. We need to move down just a little bit and figure everything out here. And from here flows good, right, righteousness, good thoughts, good things. It flows out, right? This is the problem with, with a lot of churches that I went to. I don't mean to condemn churches because there's a lot of great churches out there, and I love them. But the, some of the churches that I went to, um, be careful of the lies what you see, be careful of the ears. It was all fear-based. Everything was fear-based. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Don't touch that. Don't see that. Don't listen to that. Don't do that. What can I do? I don't know what to do. I can't do anything. And it's so frustrating because I, you're, you're, you're defensive all the time. You don't know what to do. Who, who is that benefiting? Who are you loving? Who are you sharing the gospel with? You're scared to death that you're going to mess up. I mean, it's, it's illogical. And So what Christ does is he renews our mind through his spirit who lives with us. The same way our heart goes, boom, 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 life, 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 love, 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 nonstop. This is who we need to... to um, consult. This is where we need to find uh, truth about every situation in our lives. Every situation in our lives. The little things. How do you address your kids? Do you, do you address your kids the exact same, every single one of them? No. We address kids in the way that they understand because they're all different, right? We, do, we should do the same thing with people. Listen, if uh, think about marriage. Think about marriage this way. If if everything we did in marriage was a, a legally binding contract instead of a covenant, which is what it should be as a covenant, um, we would be building a case against each other constantly, right? You, you should do this because I need you to do this, and then I should do this, and if not, I'm going to gain, I'm going to get some evidence. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to step on any toes. But women have a better memory than men. Men don't have any evidence. We're just like, you're wrong. I don't know why. You're wrong. And <laughs> I'm, I know that's kind of sexist and broad generalization, but I know my wife is much smarter than I am, and she can remember a lot better than I am, so she's like, well, yeah, but on December 13th, you're right, I lose. So, but the thing is, if we're just building a case, and sometimes I remember, I just don't remember when, like, sometime you said this. She's like, when? I don't remember. So, if we're just building a case against each other, and then, say, we bring it to a judge or somebody, and we're like, they're wrong, and they're wrong, that's not life-giving, that's not love, that's not our good... How does that work for you? Is that working okay if you do that? That doesn't work very well for me. If we're just checking off lists of things that we need to do, and we just find faults in each other, and, and we try to build a case against each other because of a, a binding contract, that does, that's not fun. That's not joy. That doesn't sound like the fruits of the Spirit. I don't, I don't hear Jesus say the fruits of the Spirit are frustration and anxiety and fear. You know what I mean? We talked about last week, uh, dead works. I don't hear... Don't go, don't go backwards. When we deal with spouses and kids and family members, I'll pause there for a minute, family members, we need to have patience. Can you think your way into patience? Now, I'm not saying be brain dead. Hear me out. I'm not saying just be, no, I'm not, don't ignore your brain. But what I am saying is submit it to Christ. Renew your mind to Christ. Renew your mind to Christ. Set your mind. From where? From your heart. Where he lives. Not emotions. What we've been told is just emotions. But the heart of Christ who is in heaven somewhere. No. He's with us. Right? This is the truth. It's not... Let me... Let me okay. Here's a struggle. And this is a struggle I had trying to understand this and figure this out. How many of you guys, after being born again, after being saved... Still have bad thoughts sometimes. Anybody? Okay, a few honest people. Kids, it's funny. The kids are like, kids are the most honest ones. Yep, got me. Why is that? How can that be? Because that's in your mind. We were crucified with Christ. Was your mind crucified? No, He gave us a new heart, right? He didn't crucify our minds. Our minds—if our minds were already done—we wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a process. It wouldn't be renewal of our minds. It wouldn't be gaining more and more knowledge of of the goodness of Christ and our purpose in life. Our minds are important. Don't be stupid. (laughs) I know that's a bad word. I'll get in trouble. Don't be ignorant. We'll say ignorant. Don't be ignorant. That's like the worst word in our household. Um, Don't be ignorant. And that's that's what uh, Paul says. Foolish Galatians, having started in the truth, why are you trying to go backwards and try to mix in something? I heard a pastor say, flirting, or flirting with Moses is cheating on Jesus. <laughs> because what happens is, when you try to go back to any kind of law-based living, or, or, or any kind of structure that says, if I do this, this, and this, the result will be this, then you're just another religion. Any of us can do that. We can create our own religion and say, if you add this and this and this, you'll get this result. Right? There's plenty of religions that do that. Christianity is different in that we have a living God. He's the only one that rose. We, there's been other martyrs, but Christ is the only one that lives with us. And a living God is different than a, than a system that we can follow. Does that make sense? Um, so when we, when we walk and we make decisions and we, we how we treat people and the things that we do, we renew our mind to what's going on in our hearts. Now what's important is we're, that we're abiding in the vine. Christ never said to abide in people. People didn't create you. We weren't born of of people, but we are now spiritual beings. We talked about this a couple Sundays ago. There is a a physical man, and there is a spiritual man. We are spirit beings now. Like I said uh, earlier, born again, eternal life. We've been duped into thinking eternal life just starts when you die. And so we don't don't operate spiritually. We don't, like uh, Eugene Peterson says, we're not steeped in God reality because we think what we see is all the reality that's there. The fact of the matter is we are spiritual beings. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives within you. And so your decision-making changes. It shifts. Your want to is different. It's no more external boundaries fix all my problems because they don't. Here's the problem with law-based living is there's over 600 of them. We, we want, we can You can try to narrow them down to 10 or 12 or 15 or 16, but at what point does it end? Where is it? We went to uh, Pennsylvania one time and we saw... There were, there were Mennonites, and uh, there were several different religions that were there. And some of them could do certain things, but some of them could, couldn't do other things. And I saw a guy with a horse and buggy, and he had a buggy, but behind his buggy, he had a, a little Briggs & Stratton motor and a blade running, cutting grass. And I was like, ah, how does that work? Like, I couldn't tell if he was being, like, innovative or sacrilegious, because I didn't know what laws, because other other religions said you can't have motors at all, but then his religion said you can, but you still have to pull it by a horse and buggy. The problem with law is you can just make more and more and more laws, and what's the end? What's the end of all the laws? Where does it stop? There's no end. And what, The problem with it is you'll get some people, and this, these are these are the religious people that are frustrated with people that are free, is they'll try to lean on those, and they'll get some of them good. They'll get... 20 or 30 of them, and they'll try to lean on those, but then one, they'll break, and it all falls apart. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. They'll build a build a build a build on all this, this what they think is, is what they can do, what they can do, what they can do, and then one thing messes up, and it, they fall apart because they're like, well, all of this is null and void because I, I messed up on this one thing. How devastating a life to try to balance on that, on a never-ending list of dead works. Can, you, can we re-crucify Christ? No. Was his sacrifice good enough? Yes. 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 Um, you gave it the heart, maybe the origin of that. You know, the words was this first 13, that love is a mission. Love is kind. Those are not actions that can be a brain, so it's a different type of love, and that's what really you're So the, the and, and what you're saying too is the, we want to figure everything out. I don't deny that. We want to know, but we've leaned so heavily, especially in our culture, on knowledge and thinking, and I'm not saying be ignorant, but what I'm saying is know where the truth is, and it's not just in your own interpretation of truth, because our, our thoughts can lie to us. Has anybody had thought? You can watch a movie and know that. You can be scared, but if you saw behind the scenes, there's a boom and a mic, and Jaws is really just a mechanical thing. You know what I mean? Like, we can, Our minds can be tricked, uh, uh, we, we talked about it either last week or the week before about con- uh, Christ is even greater than our conscience. I'm thankful for our conscience. I don't, I don't negate conscience, our conscience, but even Christ is greater than that. His truth is superior, so we submit everything through love. It doesn't, doesn't mean that we don't think and, and work out things and process things. We do, but underneath the umbrella of love, under, under, coming from a place of life, because that's what gives us life. Um, I kind of want to get back to to Paul before we can even get into the Galatians. And and I I don't want to keep you guys too long because I want to hang out with you and and eat. (laughs) I'm sure you do too. But I want to look quickly at Paul. This is supposed to be just an introduction. I'm trying. Um, But look at Paul. This is Saul of Tarsus who persecuted and killed Christians. Um, Why in the world would God choose him? Out of all the people to pick... Why did he pick Saul of Tarsus? Think about this for a minute. Let this sink in. This is a mass murder. This is a terrorist. This is a guy that, that sought out to take out everyone that was Christian. He was zealous. He was steeped in the law. He knew what he was doing. He was very confident and bold and boasted in it before, before his, his uh, salvation. But here's a guy that he takes. Now, think about this. When you came to the Lord, or if, you, if you're thinking about it now, how much emphasis do you put on how bad you are and all your sin and what you've done wrong? Last time I checked, I don't think any of you guys have persecuted and murdered Christians in here. You may have, but I don't think any of you have. But think about that for a moment. Do you think God knew what he was doing? I think he did. We're talking about the guy who, who I'm teaching you from who wrote these words. This was a murderer. This guy's writing about grace and life and Christ and Jesus What a radical transformation. You don't think God knew what he was doing? I think he did. I think it's a perfect example of how good he is and how big he is. We put so much emphasis on our sin and and the bad things that we do, and that's all self-referential stuff. We don't put enough emphasis on big, how big and how good God is. Is he not bigger? Is he not greater? I'll answer that. He is. (laughs) I'll amen myself. Amen. We don't we don't teach that, that God doesn't care about your behavior or that that you're free to to uh well you are free to do whatever you want. What we do preach here is that God has a better want to for you and God has a better life for you. All things are permissible, but not all are beneficial. And the reason he says this is because he created you and he knows how you work. He took out a heart of stone, can 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 we have a stone tablet and just reference it all the time in every situation? No, he says he wrote his law on our hearts, capital H, his law, which is what? Love God, love people. Law, singular, he wrote his law. This is my law, love. This is the law of love. This is the God reality that we need to be steeped in. As we go out into the community, as we do these outreaches, as we bring people in here, as we just as we pray for new members even in here, um, like we did this morning, we... We want people steeped in God reality so they can bring that to other people. And if you don't know who you are and that you have it, like the disciple says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. If you don't know that you have something, you can't give it. And if you're not confident in what you have, then you're not going to be confident in giving it. So everything that we do here, I want more members, if you want to call them members. I want more family members, sons and daughters in the house. I want more. I want these, this building packed, and, and if we need another building, we'll get another one, whatever. But not so that we can build this church so that we can have people that can go out there and minister to the people and give them the truth that we've received. This is so important because if it's just about us, we'll we'll, we'll be self-consumed, self-absorbed, and we'll fall apart. It won't work. It's not who we're designed to be. We'll be frustrated. We'll be uh, uh, a frustrated religious church trying to figure out new systems, new programs, new ways that we can just get people in here. I don't want people. I want sons and daughters who know who they are so that when, when, just like Melissa was talking to me, a rake falls on the other side of the fence she goes over there and her neighbor comes over and, and, and they cry together and they pray together and, she, and, and her neighbor tells her about her son that she lost and, and, her, and Melissa didn't even mention church. And At the end of the conversation, lady said, hey, where do you go to church? She said, I love you. She said, I love you. She felt love from her. Law wants to put a but in everything. <laughs> yeah, you were saved by grace, but. Yeah, you were, uh, God loves you, but you still, but. But what? Is he not good enough? But you need to go to church. No. You are the church. But you need to do the right things. No. You have the right thing in you that you need to share with other people. Do you have the truth or don't you? It's it's a simple gospel. We've, over, we've really overcomplicated simple gospel by trying to put our own interpretation on it. My interpretation may be different than your interpretation, may be different than somebody else's interpretation, and I'm not going to steep my life just on interpretations, but I will steep my life on the truth of the gospel, which is the good news, which is Christ lives with me. He died for me. He didn't just stop there, and His grace doesn't come and hang out with me for a little bit, but His grace is at my back pushing me forward to say... This is the truth about me. This is the truth that, that people have been lied to. This is the truth that religion has tried to snuff out. This is the this is the the life and the love that your heart is pushing. This is the grace that's pushing you and moving us forward into a real, real good life. Guys, stand up with me. I didn't get a quarter of the way through what I wanted to talk about, but it, 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 I did pretty good as an introduction. So, listen. I don't care who you are, what you've done, um, where you are in your walk, if you want to call it that. If you've had a quiet time or a loud time. (laughs) The reality, the God-steeped reality is that He loves you. The truth about you is what God says about you. Now, if you let that sink in a minute... You have to know that God has good intentions for you. Why would he create you? Why would he convert you? Why would he sacrifice his son for you? <coughs> Listen, we, from the beginning of time, he didn't change his mind with Christ. It was from the beginning of time he wanted to walk, hang out, love, and just share himself, his goodness with you from the garden. And you can hear it expressed when he says, who told you? Who told you? that you were were naked when Adam and Eve were were in fear. Who made you afraid? He doesn't want you to be afraid. He expressed it from the beginning of time. From The beginning of time ran out of breath. The Lord has given us a spirit of fear but of love peace and a sound mind. You get those three things from knowing who you are and knowing who he thinks, how he feels about you. Now that right here will change this up here. Listen to me, it may take time. This up here takes time. There's a renewing. There's a setting of your mind. This takes time, but this work is finished. Don't ever question this work, the work that's in your heart, the crucifixion. He crucified, and guess what? You died with him. You died with him. This is the gospel that's not preached very often. You died with him. Your old self is gone. Your mind may try to remind you of your old self. That doesn't mean he's there. This is where you are. Live out of God reality. Be steeped in God reality. Because this is what will change your life. Not a new way of thinking or a new way of acting. But a God reality right here will change everything about you. I could, I could lie to you or I could make up something or I could uh, try to convince you of this truth and, or I could convince you of a lie. Many people have done it. Many leaders have done it. Could convince millions of people of lies. Don't. I don't even want to get into politics right now. But I'm telling you, the media, we talked about last week, they own own their version of the truth. Don't buy into what the media is saying. They own it. They can say whatever they want. Listen to what God's saying. Listen to Him. Father, we submit this time to You just once again. I just pray for everyone in this place. Father, that their hearts would be open to You. Father, that You would come in and they would accept it. Father, the reality of even the ones that are born again, Father, that the renewing of their mind would be continual. Father, that every decision they make with their kids, with their spouses, with their family, Father, remind them of who they are in you. Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you that we can rest in it. Father, but, but not only can we rest in it, Father, thank you that it's like a, a, a cool... Breeze like we feel outside today that just pushes us into your reality and everything that we do. That pushes us into those people's lives around us that we, we were once intimidated because we were scared of our of our past or, or scared of our mistakes, but now you say, look, I took care of that. You have no excuse. Go. 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 And like your heart beats, love, love, love. Show it. Don't just talk about it. Show it. And speak life into those that are around you. Father, continue to open our eyes to your reality and renew our minds every day of how good you are. Help us understand it for ourselves, but also to those around us. Father, it doesn't stop with us, but let us be vessels. Let us continue to go and do. In Jesus' holy name, and everybody said, amen. Amen.